For the second Chronicles 16 and 9. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts is loyal to him. Keep reading. That's that's Did it. You, okay. You you keep you, you, you done it's it stop right there. Uh -huh. Go keep going. Keep reading. Yeah, keep reading. And this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. Mm. Okay. So basically we as a people got to if we want to live a spiritual spirit-filled life, we gotta start trusting God. We can't trust ourselves. We can't trust this epidemic. We got to trust God. We got to begin to depend on God because God got the answers, y'all. God got the answers, y'all. I don't care what you, I don't care what it looked like. David was a spiritual, who was a spiritual giant because he realized to live a spiritual filled life that you got to kill some giants in your life. Some people got some giants that need to be killed today. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm killing giants today through the Lord. Amen. You know, the blood of Jesus helped you kill, helped you live a spirit-filled life. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, when they was really preaching, preaching Jesus, Jesus lived a spirit-filled life because he went to the cross. And the Bible said the joy that was set before him. See, I, I, I just want to tell you today, it's time to tap into Jesus, to live a spiritual life. You got to tap into the source. You got to tap into the creator of the universe. God is doing a new thing, but you must tap into him. He said I should do a new thing and shall you not know it. Sometimes, y'all, they live a spiritual life. You're going to have to see God's face uh, to live a spiritual life. Uh, you going to have to praise Him in the circumstances. Uh, praise Him when your circumstances ain't right. Uh, praise Him when your pockets ain't right. Because uh, you got to know that God is able to do it all. Uh, Paul was crucified. Uh, Paul, Paul, Paul was in jail, and but at midnight, he was living a fearful life. But at midnight, the, the jailhouse shook uh, because he knew his God. When you, when you live a spiritual life, uh, you got to know your God is able. Huh? Yeah. Then he was in the lion's den, but he knew his, he knew his God. Uh -huh. so, so the Bible says, uh, we've been doing for a night, uh, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, Sometimes uh, you don't know where the joy is going to come, but the joy is coming. Uh. Sometimes you're looking for a breakthrough on your job, but the breakthrough is still coming. Yes. But you got to trust God. Now, read 23 song for me. Please, somebody. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of, of path, the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, the key today is to live a spirit-filled life, you got to have the Lord as your shepherd. Amen. He's got to be number one in your life. Yes, yes. He's got to be number one in your life. Your, 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 situ your situation can't be number one. Your, your, your circumstance can't be number one. Your, 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 your children can't be number one. But God has to be number one. Amen. See, sometimes we go through trials and tribulations and we want to say, God, where, where are you at in this? But he, he's in, we, he's in, he, he's in, he's right there with us. That's right. But we got to realize where our help come from. Our help come from above. He said, look to the hills will come our help. Our help come from the Lord. See, we, we can't depend on anybody else but God in this season. Amen. It's more power in depending on God. It's more anointing depending on God. The glory of God comes when you depend on it. The power of God comes when you depend on it. The little spirit filled life, you must have, you must know that, that you must depend on it. Depend yes. on him. And I'm going to tell you something else. Daniel was in the lion's den, but God heard him the first time, but he, it took him three days before he got his release. Sometimes it takes longer to get your breakthrough. But your breakthrough is coming. Amen. Hey! Amen. Your breakthrough is coming. Amen. Amen. So, the little spirit filled life, you gotta learn how to speak in tongues sometimes. Alright. You gotta learn how to shut your mouth sometimes. Alright. You gotta learn how to praise him sometimes. Right. You gotta learn how to control your control your temper sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you can't say what you wanna say. Because it gets you out of the place of God. Amen. See, God, God wants you to surrender to Him. Yes. So I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. And so, Lord, as we stand. Today to receive the word of the Lord today. We thank you for, for your manifold blessings. And we thank you for your power and your authority today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen. So today it's burden on my heart to go back through Ephesians 4 and 11. So that's where I'm going to be going today. Ephesians 4 and 11. This burden has been on me for the last couple weeks. And I feel like it's the burden of the Lord that's resting over me to share this again. But we're going to start at verse 1. Of Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 
and verse 1. And it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Let's talk about unity of the Spirit for a minute. The power of unity. I'm reading this out of the, the Spirit for Life Bible. Spiritual unity was so much a part of the life and teachings of the early church that the Apostle Paul assumed the presence of such unity. In this passage, he instructed us to do everything possible to keep or preserve the unity of the Spirit. This assumption appears to be that spiritual unity is the norm within the church. When its members live under the control of the Holy Spirit, therefore, it is a, it is a very serious matter to cause division among God's people. In fact, Paul instructed the church to warn a, divert, a, a divisive person twice and then to reject them if they do not repent. Spiritual unity is at the very heart of the Christian faith and the life of Christ's church. In this letter of the Ephesian, of the, uh, the Ephesian church, Paul presents one of the most significant statements on spiritual unity shared anywhere in the Bible. He contends that in the church of Jesus Christ, there is only one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. So I want to talk briefly about this, the, and the Lord's going to really have to help me today. Um, I really want to talk about unity for a minute. Yesterday, Bishop Buckley and I and Pastor Apostle Antoine Austin were having a dialogue, which that's what apostles, real apostles do. They have dialogues and they bring the church into kingdom order. And so we were on a platform called 1590 and 106.1. That's what we do. And um, that's, what, that's who we are. Rock of Salvation. Our mandate here is to reach the unreachable. And as, I, as, as, I, as Bishop asked me to bring the message this week, those two statements on the wall not the church covenant, but those two statements, the vision statement and the mission statement just begin to come out to me. And I want to tell us again who we are. So our mission statement is on this wall right here. 
And it says, our purpose is to reach the unreachable with the gospel of Jesus Christ through teaching, through preaching, and by example. To become a part of the family of God and to have a positive impact on the community through worship and discipleship. Then the vision statement says that Rock of Salvation, full gospel, not half gospel, but full gospel, non-denominational church's vision is to reach those who have been considered the unreachable, the unteachable, the unlovable, and compel them to come on the Lord's side. To see the church filled to capacity to help build the community and cause and cause a cease to violence on the streets. You know, this, and this is not a part of the message, a couple of days ago, Bishop and I got out in the hot sun and we were at Mill Creek Park praying with leaders from various denominations in our city, praying together for the ending of violence. That's a part of our mission. It's not our job just to, it's not just our mandate just to come in here and just have church service. That's one dimension. Bishop and I had a long day that day and we said, you know what? We're going to go and we're going to go, we're going to go be the hands and feet of Christ in our community. And we're going to go worship with people that we don't sing the same songs, right. but we love the same Jesus. Right. You know, we were, we were, we were, we were literally with, past, there was assembly of God pastors on the other side of us. There were non-denominational pastors. There were Baptist pastors. There were charismatic pastors, Presbyterian pastors. And we put our denominational names, our labels down, and we just came together to pray and worship. And we're going to continue to do that until we see a breakthrough in our city. Amen. And we're going to continue to do that even after we see a breakthrough in our city. Amen. Unity, walking in unity. I want to address this. Walking in unity has nothing to do with wearing the same color. Amen. I am so tired. I know where that comes from. That comes from a time in history among us as black African Americans where we didn't always have the best of everything. And so we decided to wear the same color so that nobody would feel like that they were out of sync. But now you have these characters that are taking a scripture out of context to make it look like we're walking in unity if we all wear white or if we all wear blue or if we all wear purple. And sometimes that ain't unity. That's just conformity. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have white or if you don't have blue or purple, you're looked at almost as, as an outcast where you're not among us. That's not the way of the kingdom. So walking in unity, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord Beseech you to walk worthy of your calling. Walking worthy of your calling, that's some hard shoes to step in. Because walking worthy of the calling means being teachable. Okay. 
being teachable. You know how many times, y'all, I and Bishop noticed, I sat in a place from 2008 until God released the breakthrough in that place. Under I sat under scrutiny. You talking about scrutiny? Couldn't preach, couldn't do nothing, couldn't teach, couldn't do nothing. And this church had 400 people. I watched it drop all the way from 400 people down to 75 people, down to 50 people, down to 20 people. And I watched how, how, how when you're walking worthy of the calling, sometimes you're not going to be understood. When you're walking worthy of the calling, it means that, that God is telling you things about yourself to a course correction of yourself so that you can be used of God in this time and so that you will be um, walking, so, um, walking properly. So walk worthy of what you've been called lowliness, gentleness. Long-suffering. We're talking about fruit of the Spirit. Leadership development. If you're going to be a leader in this hour, you need to be lowly. You need to be gentle. You need to walk in long-suffering. You need to bear with one another in love. You know, you say you called of God. You got to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So let's drop down to verse 7. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts for a minute. And to each one of us, there is grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. These gifts are not ours. I'm going to say it again. Okay. These gifts are not ours. You may function as someone that walks in simple prophecy or the gift of uh, uh, the, the ministry of the prophetic or the office of the prophet or the prophetess. But th- those gifts are not yours. You see that right there in verse 7. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So if grace has not been given for you to walk in, for you to operate in a certain Capacity, it's going to be seen real quick. Amen? Amen. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, talking about Jesus, he led captivity captive Uh and he gave gifts to man. Uh Now, there's a difference between operating under the anointing operating in the ministry and operating in the office. Amen? So, now when he ascended on high, when he ascended, what does that mean? He also also first descended into the lower parts of the earth and he gave himself some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some pastors and some teachers for what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. I would like to address the matter 
about the fivefold ministry. First of all, God said apostles who are sent ones that their authority is backed up in heaven, in the heavenly realms, and also in the earth realm. Amen? Amen. Okay, if you look at the church of Antioch, if you look at the church of Acts, before they commissioned anybody into any type of ministry and sent them forth, what did they do? They prayed and they fasted. The leaders prayed and fasted and the church prayed and fasted. There are some people today that are saying that they're operating in, men, in the fivefold ministry and they're not. They're not an apostle. They're not a prophet. They're not a pastor. They're not a teacher. They're not an evangelist. What are they? They're nothing. They need to be taught. First of all, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, they're taught, trained, and activated. Amen? Amen. I, I, I'm going to say this publicly. I'm leery of people that say, I'm leery of people that say, I want to be. I want to be an apostle. I want to be a prophet. I want to be a pastor. I want to be an evangelist. I want to be a teacher. I'm leery of those people. They scare me. Because of the fact of, of the matter is, the Bible says, that he called some, not all. He called some, and he said he gave grace. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have you can have ordination services all day, commissioning services all day, but the real matter is that doesn't make you anything if heaven does not back up the authority that you're supposed to be operating in. Amen. So I want to encourage us that the Bible tells us to test those that are operating. The church has the authority to test those that call themselves apostles, that call themselves prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. We have the authority as the ecclesia in the spirit realm to discern, to discern the fruit of those that say what they operate in. The, the, uh, the leadership of the house and the saints have the authority to see in the spirit realm. Amen? So I want to encourage us today to, I want to talk review about what apostles do. What do prophets do? I think we need to know a little bit about that this morning. I am an apostle. Um, my commissioning was as an, as an apostle, as a prophet. I, the people that I have been in authority, that, that I was commissioned by, I've had relationship with them for a long time. They know me. They just didn't hand me a license and say, you're now an apostle. You know, um, I had to be tested. I had to go through trial. I had to go through teaching. I had to be trained. So I get mad when I, when I watch and see people that walk through the door 
walk through the door and now magically, I'm pastor. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this. Because Lawan can tell you, we went through scrutiny. We were put out of places because of the call of God on our lives. We were put out of places because they didn't understand the call of God on our lives. We were asked to leave because they didn't understand the call of God on our lives. We wasn't discommunicated. We wasn't excommunicated. But we were saying, this place may not be for you because we don't understand what a prophet does. This place may not be for you because we don't understand what an intercessor was. So they didn't understand us. So we had to find our tribe. And we were just out here just wandering. Where's our tribe? Where's our family? You know, and, and when we found where we were supposed to be, our gifts began to flourish in new ways. So I want to review what an apostle does, what a prophet does, and, you know, what a teacher does. And I, I believe that uh, this will be helpful to us. So what does a pastor do? When we say pastor, we tend to think of a visible leader who runs a church, preaches two or three times a week, and counsels people in need. But we need to change our concept of what a pastor is. It is not a position. It is a calling. It is an anointing from God, a gift that transforms the recipient's heart and allows the Holy Spirit to break certain bondages. The heart of the pastor is to care for and shepherd people. True pastors hurt when their people have difficulties and rejoices when their people are joyfully walking with God. The eyes and thoughts of pastors are constantly on their flocks. The lives of pastors come intimately involved with their congregation. The gift that pastors possess is nothing less than the heart of God to shepherd his people. So do we understand what a pastor does? Okay, let's go to the next because I don't want to be long. Recognizing the gift of pastor. Human beings can recognize but, but cannot produce God's gift. A pastor is not someone with a seminary education or a denominational certificate, which that's fine and dandy. A pastor, and I'm not against you going to school to get training, I'm not saying that. But that's not what a pastor is. But it's, it's good to get education. It's good to be certified properly. A pastor is a Christian leader who has a certain anointing. Say anointing. That's one thing that you must recognize. Everybody that has the title of pastor may not have the anointing. Amen. The gift of God's heart to shepherd God's people and draw them together out of the world and into the body of Christ. This gift comes from, from heaven, from God. The gift of teacher. The gift of teacher is an anointing from God that stirs people to help them understand God's truth. That's what a teacher does. Teachers have hearts for people and it troubles them to see them, see others sin bondage due to misunderstanding God's principles. One who serves as a teacher in Sunday school may be doing it out of duty 
instead of out of gifting. I was a Sunday school teacher and I was miserable because I knew I was called to equip people on a kingdom level. And I was miserable. You know, I mean, they called me a Sunday school teacher. I even got a certification from a from a, a denomination, from the Assemblies of God. I mean, and it was good because I was able to understand Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, manners and customs. It helped me to ground me theologically, but I was miserable. I was teaching a Midler's class, and every time I, I came to do a Midler's class, I wanted to do a deliverance class because my kids were coming in with all kinds of strongholds. And uh, I wanted to see them baptized in the Holy Spirit. I wanted to see them delivered from their issues. And I got in trouble with the Sunday school superintendent because the kids would be slain in spirit in my Sunday school class. Sunday school superintendent would come in for, uh, for, uh, to take up the offering. And the kids would be slain in the spirit. The kids would be worshiping God. You know, all my kids, we, we spent time worshiping in our Sunday school class. So, yeah, that kind of tells you my gifting. So, and my kids, they're, they're all grown now, and they're in their 20s, and they're all, they, they all remember me being a Sunday school teacher, <laughs> but I wasn't a Sunday school teacher. Sunday school teachers are not, excuse me, teachers are not identified by their education or biblical knowledge, but rather by their hearts. Those who are burdened with the needs of people and hence motivated from the heart to teach that are called and anointed by God as a fivefold teacher, that does not mean that you have every gift of the fivefold. The motivation is key to identifying this gift. A teacher's anointing breaks yokes off of the listeners, freeing them from Satan's lies and the, and the world's deception. Let's go to the next one. Is this helping you? The next one, we're going to talk about the, uh, the evangelist. The word evangelist means in the Greek, one who announces good tidings, good news. An evangelist is not as greatly concerned about imparting deep spiritual truths as the teacher is, but is motivated to help people understand and respond to the basic biblical messages. The evangelist's primary concern is to help non-Christians find salvation and forgiveness of sin. Let's go to the next one. Because I don't want to labor on this because we can do a class another time. The prophet is a Christian who God calls to speak out for him, not in an unusual way, not in a usual way that a preacher expounds and teaches from the Bible but in, in a more and direct and powerful way. Behind the prophet's words are great spiritual forces able to break spiritual bondages off of groups and off of individuals. The purpose of the prophet's words is not simple to provide knowledge or understanding, but to change the structure of that which has been spoken to. Amen? Amen. Okay, we're going to go to apostles. We can... Go do the in depth another time, but the prop, the, the apostle, the the Greek word for apostle, and I'm going to tell you this is a hard message to bring. It really is. Um, I, this is a hard message to bring. Means one sent forth. Now I'm sorry to say this, but 
what I saw a couple weeks ago, that was foolishness. And um, that was other foolishness. Um, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the chief apostle of the church. Um, he is the chief apostle. And Ephesians 2.20 says that the church was founded upon the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. So, uh, I know some people have asked me, do I believe in chief apostles? I do not. Um, I think it's error. I think it's a deception. I don't believe in master apostles and master prophets and uh, uh, master teachers and, and stuff like that, and foolishness like that. Um, I don't believe that in order for you to be an apostle, you need a Beretta and robes and all that stuff. That basically, I want to tell you guys, that really comes from Catholicism taught us a lot of things that creeped into from Catholicism into the Protestant Reformation. Even though Martin Luther confronted a lot of those things, a lot of those things came from Constantine. You know, the robes and the high pulpits and all of those things. When you really search where a lot of it, we can trace it back to the Catholic Church. We just do it out of, out of sorts, and sometimes we do it out of ignorance. Does that make sense? So apostles are sent ones. A true apostle is a minister sent by God to accomplish a sufficient work. Note that an apostle is sent and should be sent. Um, I personally believe that that when we do commissioning services and stuff, that we should know the person that, that is laboring among them. I will not commission anybody that doctrinally, that, um, that has not taken doctrinal classes. I wanna, I, I wanna know what you believe. I wanna know what you believe. I wanna know you. Um, in, in, in my ministry that I lead, I don't like, I, I, I'm very leery about licensing people. Because people can say anything to you, and then next thing you know it, they're running off, you know, with your name. Does that make sense? And so an apostle is a sent one. Paul, an apostle, not sent by man, but through an agent of, agency of man, but through Jesus Christ, God the Father who raised him from the dead. I can go over this at, an, at another time. But Lord, I ask that you would impart to us a fresh spirit of discernment in this hour. Lord, even as we talked about walking in unity today, Father, I ask that you would place an anointing upon this house that we would be, that we would be, like I said at the memorial service yesterday, that we would be fishers of men with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask that you would give us fresh lenses to see what you want to do in this community, what you, how you want to use us in this city. Lord, our days are not over and our days are not numbered. And I bind the, the cur word curses that have been spoken over this house. I bind it from the root 
in Jesus' name. I bind the word curses that's been spoken over me this past week. I take authority over it. You ruling principalities, I bind you in Jesus' name. You witches and, and, and warlocks in sheep's clothing, we bind your attacks in Jesus' name. And the word curses that you've spoken over this house, they are null and void in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for even the opportunity, the greater opportunities that you're giving us, Lord. We even thank you, Father, for the connection that we have, um, the relational connection that you're doing with us, with River Church family. We thank you for the relational connections that you're doing with us, um, with, with Bishop Cole Clasier, the, the relational connections that you're doing with the leaders across our city, and even the leader in Chicago, Illinois, that you connected us with, that's the Baptist State President of the Baptist State Convention. Father, we thank you that true to our name, that we are an interdenominational church, even though we say we're non-denominational. God, I thank you for our heart that you're doing within us, Lord. That we are that we are really connecting, connecting with people. So, Father, I just thank you today for your anointing. That your anointing breaks the yoke. Father, I thank you even today, Father, for even though I've had a lot of ministry events this week, God, I thank you for the fresh energy that you've given me that I didn't have to take my multivitamin today God and I have so much energy I feel like a 20 year old and I thank you God for it today Father because normally with the type of schedule that we that we've been running ministry wise I would have had to take my multivitamin but I thank you today Father that there is no multivitamin in my body today but the energy of the Lord is within me and it's manifesting within my physical body and mentally and emotionally and we just break off all the attacks of the enemy that has occurred how the attack has occurred toward Bishop and toward this house and toward the anointing upon this house and even upon my ministry, even the slander on Facebook. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you that you are blessing them and that you're increasing them and that you're increasing their territory. Lord, we don't speak word curses. We speak blessings. And so, Father, we just bless them in the name of Jesus. We bless their going in and their coming out, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just thank you today. We even thank you, Lord, for, for the services that we're going to have, God, and how you're going to do new things within each and every one of us, the new outreaches that we're going to be doing and the, and the reaching of the lost. And amen. Good evening. God bless you. Uh, let me get this out the way. Greetings to the pastors and leaders that are here because I don't want to get in any trouble tonight. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation tonight. Let's just stretch our hands toward heaven even now. Stretch both hands toward heaven and say, Lord, I want to be refreshed by you. I want to be transformed by you. Lord, I thank you 
that you're calling me. That you're calling me out of the old, out of the old and, into the and into the new. God, I thank you tonight, God, I thank you tonight for breakthrough in my family. For breakthrough in my home. For breakthrough in my life. For breakthrough in my ministry. For breakthrough in my church. God, I thank you that there's a sound in me that's going to interrupt the camp of the enemy. I thank you, God, that there's a sound in me that's going to interrupt the camp of the enemy. God, I thank you that there's a sound in me that's going to interrupt the camp of the enemy. And I thank you that I'm going to step into a new realm of authority. I'm going to step in a new realm of authority. Now, Father, I thank you right now. I repent for any disobedience if your ears have been have been stopped up and you have not been able to hear the voice of God lately you know why? because there's disobedience in the camp there's disobedience in the camp I want you to lay hands on your ears right now and I want you to, to just say Lord I repent Lord I repent for not listening the last time that you told me to do something. God, I want you to unlock my ears so that I can hear. I'm talking about spiritually, so that I can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Now the Lord is going to begin to speak to you. The Lord is going to begin to speak to you. Now since you repent, expect. This is your word tonight. Expect to hear the voice of God in a clear way. Do you hear me tonight? Expect to hear the voice of God in a new way. Come on. Some of us are looking for another prophetic word. We're standing in line for another prophetic word. And while I love the prophetic, some of us, God needs to speak to us in our devotional times. He said, give us this day our daily bread. That means that I can hear the voice of God, but not only can I hear the voice of God, I can receive what God has from his table. See, the banqueting table is open. Somebody catch that tomorrow. You're receiving a prophetic word right now. And the banqueting table is open. And it's for you to be ready to receive. Because those that are ready to receive, they receive all of the gifts. They receive all of the impartation. They receive everything that comes from the throne of God. That wasn't even in my notes. Because I'm preaching prophetically right now. I'm preaching from a realm. And I'm, I'm declaring to you that the churches that are in this area that are ready to hear the voice of God 
God is going to put power, power. on the preachers in this area that are willing to receive. And the Lord will say to you, there will be a large exodus of those that don't want to hear the now word of the Lord. And those that do want to hear the word of the Lord, the now word of the Lord, Logos and Rhema, they're going to come running saying, my appetite is ready to receive. If you're ready to receive in this new season that we're calling, this is a new Pentecost. That means that I need a new baptism of fire. I don't want the ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. I want a fresh baptism that comes from the throne room of God. I want a fresh baptism that when, when I come in contact with the sick, they get healed. When I come in contact with the atheists, they're saying there's something different about you. When, when I come in contact with the homeless, there's a deep burden on the inside of my heart that says, God, that fire that you have in me, now I need a strategy from heaven on how to minister and execute what your word says. Come on, don't say that you're filled with a fresh Pentecost and you don't have compassion for the lost. So you can shout here and fall out under the tent and receive impartation. But what are you going to do with this? Too many of us are coming to these services. And the Bible clearly says, Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Something is wrong when we have the power of the Holy Spirit and can't nobody see it. Can't nobody see the difference. I was on the radio today and I, I, I was with Apostle Antoine Rosson who's a, a dear friend of mine. And we were talking about the difference between the unity of the spirit, and y'all gonna catch that tonight, and the difference between behavior modification in the church, and I'm just gonna hit on it. If we want Pentecost, we're gonna have to get Pentecost from a biblical perception, which means that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be his witnesses and both Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Did it say that we was going to build kingdoms onto ourselves? And even as a leader, I've had to repent because I have tried to build kingdoms instead of building disciples. And if you look at some of our churches, some of our churches have become kingdoms unto ourselves. That's right. Where we have have turned into a giant bless me club. Right, instead of right, being a blessing right. to the region and to the nation, we become a hindrance. We have the prophets, and the prophets are over in their corner. And they have their little elite club. And the apostles have their little elite club. 
and the evangelists have their little elite club, and the pastors have their little elite club, and the teachers have their little elite club, and the saints have their little elite club. When are we going to break the box, y'all? God is calling us to transformation. And if we're going to be transformed, not only are we going to have to be transformed in our mindset, but our heart has to change. We, sing, we used to sing a song called Change My Heart, Oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Tonight, the question is, we're talking about Pentecost. Does a heart look like Christ? Do we look like Christ? And I'm not talking about no makeup, no earrings, no dreadlocks, no long hair, no no tattoos, no piercings. No, this, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, does our hearts look like Jesus? Because some of us, we wear the long dresses and the dolies. And all of this stuff that religion right. has told us to do. And religion told us we can't do this and can't do that. But I'm going to tell you tonight on a real on a real note. Some of these people that have all this religious mindset. They can't break into kingdom. Into this season. Because God's calling us out of the box. He's calling us into arts and entertainment while the church is telling us stay in and wait for the rapture to come. I, I, I hope I'm not messing up nobody's theology tonight because I believe in the rapture, okay? We tell each other, well, don't go to college so that you can understand the Babylonian system because you need to know the Babylonian system if you're going to conquer it. Because the rapture is soon to return. You got young people standing here called to the government mountain to stand and be voices. And we have told them, oh, just stay in the church. How are you going to invade something you don't know? The Lord is calling us into the seven mountains of society to be voices. Arts and entertainment, religion, the family mountain. Right. We all can't just run to the religious mountain all right, now. and just stay stuck there for the rest of our life. Right. God has created us to be a voice and take dominion, dominion. in the earth realm. That's right. That's right. I'm not going to sing songs anymore that doesn't preach kingdom. That doesn't exalt the king who's clothed in majesty. I'm not singing them anymore. I'm not moving with the old sound of worship anymore. Even though I love old songs because the cloud is moving. In this new season of Pentecost, you must understand that there's a new song that's rising up out of his church. And some of us have stifled, some of us as pastors and leaders have stifled the new voices that God want to raise up. Because it don't sound like what we grew up in. It don't sound like where we came from. It doesn't carry, it doesn't carry the same weight. 
as the last season, but this is a new season, and I need you to come into that and understand that this is a new season. Even the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Solomon, I understand you've been going to church this way, and you've been comfortable this way, but I need you to get uncomfortable. I need you to come out of the box. I need you to change. Because what God's speaking to the leaders first, and then he's going to reveal it to his people. All right. So I don't get my minister's license taken from me, or ordination papers taken from me. Let's go to a scripture. <clears throat> and it's, because <laughs> I am ordained in the International Churches of the Four Square Gospel. So I have to go to a scripture at least. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 3. <laughs> This is what the Lord spoke to me as I was seeking him and meditating upon the word of God. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this is this is he which was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And make his path straight. Repentance means to change and to turn. Change of purpose and change of action. Say repent. Repent. The kingdom is about repentance. That's not the only thing the kingdom is about. The kingdom is about joy. You don't have joy. You're not moving in the kingdom sound. If you don't have peace, you're not moving in kingdom and kingdom. Okay? Amen. If things are not happening and there's not change in an atmosphere and in a region, you're not in kingdom. Amen? Amen. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. There's a wilderness in Kansas City. Come on now. If you're here, you are called to be a transformer a person that's called to change society not complain about society your purpose is just like John the Baptist was to be a voice God spoke to me and said I've created voices in this place you are a voice but the first way where you will be activated to be a voice you must understand that I need deliverance. There's a lot of us in the church, we're sick. We're sick. I'm just going to put it out there. We're sick. We're holding on and harboring things. If you're going to be a voice in the wilderness, you need deliverance to freedom. You need deliverance to freedom. Number two, if you're going to be a voice in this time, the prophetic word of the Lord has to be received. But there's a a prophetic activation. To be activated means to be stirred up. There's a prophetic activation that is to come forth through you. 
It's not just for you to receive prophecy all the time. Right. It's for you to know how to discern the voice of God, listen to the voice of God, and move with the voice of God, and how to minister it to others. No longer are we in this time where we're just coming to be blessed all the time. If your church and your theology is that we come and we just receive from the man and woman of God, you have missed the purpose of Ephesians 4 and 11 and 12 that says that he has sent forth, when he ascended on, on high, he gave gifts to men, and he gave some, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints. And what I'm going to tell you is literally houses that refuse to shift in this hour, some of them will not be around. There are houses that refuse to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and in this era of 2020, they will not be around. There will be a padlock literally on the door. I saw about 10 years ago, I had a dream, and some of you, a lot of you don't know me. Um, I used to work for for Mike Bickle's sister, Lisa Bickle Stribling, yes. who, who founded the International House of Prayer of Kansas City. And I had a dream that there was a new army that was rising up. Rising up! And in this dream, I saw a church, and they were meeting, and they were doing things the same old, same old way. And as they were doing things the same old, same old way, there was no power. There was no authority from heaven. There was no anointing. There was no empowerment. And then I was translated in a dream to a place where they didn't have the best of anything. But there were young people, there were teenagers, and there were adults. And they were worshiping into breakthrough, but they didn't have the finest facilities. They did not have the finest things, but they could gather the remnant. I prophesy over this house and the houses that are connected here, uh, connected to this tent revival. Yeah. There is a remnant outpouring that is coming upon this area if you receive the strategy of heaven and you begin to mobilize in the spirit realm and in the natural realm you will see a new brand new move of God an epic move of God begin to break forth in this area says the Lord you'll begin to see the advancement and a new fire that will blaze upon this territory about it, the Lord will say to you you must understand the fivefold ministry. You must understand alignment in this hour. Alignment for assignment. I can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. I refuse to do it alone. I need Apostle Chuck Pierce. I need Apostle Regina Shank. I need uh, Pastor Timmy Hensel. I need them in my corner and I need to be aligned with them. So you remember, alignment 
brings breakthrough, and then there's a breakthrough in Revelation. Yes. There's a breakthrough in Revelation. Are you a voice? Yes. We talk about Pentecost. Are you a voice? Are you going to let God use your voice in this season of Pentecost? Well. Or are you going to be reserved in this season of Pentecost? Get out my Kool-Aid! Get out my Kool-Aid! Are you going to let God stir the pot in this season? There's new recipes that he wants to do within you. You've been still making that chicken noodle soup. And God's trying to get you to make some other things. God's trying to get you to make some other things. He's trying to grow you up. Like I told them today on the radio. He's trying to grow you up to be a lion and a lionist. Not just a sheep that fasts all the time. That's what the pastoral church wants you to do. To stay and fast. I need my bottle. I need this. No, we are a warrior church. We're an advancing church. We're in a kingdom that is without end. And the kingdom is in us. The voice of one that's crying in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. I prophesy over this house and over the house that's connected here that there's a new sound that is resonating within you. Come on, stand up and lift up your hands right now. And thank God for the new sound. Thank God for the new sound right now. Hallelujah. Thank God for the new sound. Now lay hands on your belly. Is everybody in here saved? Is everybody in here saved? Well, we're going to pray for a new baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. If everybody filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues, we're going to pray for a new baptism tonight. Absolutely. Come on up here, Shirley. Where my prom warriors? Okay, is everybody baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues? First of all, are you saved? Anybody not saved? You're not saved? Get up here. You can get saved. Alright, so I take it that everybody's saved. So we're going to pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers and streams of living water. And if we're going to carry this new Pentecost to the earth, we need a fresh baptism so lift up your hands and say God I thank you that you come to fill me you come to fill me again with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues God I thank you right now that by faith I will begin to open up my mouth and I will begin to speak with other tongues as the God, I thank you tonight for a fresh release of the prophetic, a fresh release of deliverance, a fresh release of revival to come upon your people tonight in the name of Jesus. Now begin, we're going to begin to pray in the spirit. Come on. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 